Hi, this is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Bros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create manage and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. And the show is brought to you by Convince and Convert, content marketing strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your content better. The hosts of the show are Jeff Cohen and Randy Frisch. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. And now, here's Jeff, Randy, and this week's special guest. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. This is actually the last episode of this season of Content Pros. And, you know, I guess we all often, you know, alter the seasons here at Content Pros when we have an update on our co-hosts. And as you know, very recently, Jeff Cohen left us from Content Pros. Jeff was a great marketer with Oracle Marketing Cloud, a lot of brought a great perspective around content marketing. And I'm really excited about our guest today because our guest today is not only an amazing marketer, but he's my new co-host on Content Pros starting next season. And that's Tyler Lassard, who's the VP of marketing at an amazing company, not just because they're Canadian like my company, but an amazing company called Vidyard, which is all about video marketing. So we're gonna dive in in a minute here with Tyler. As everyone knows, Tyler is joining this family a podcast that Convince and Convert creates, this one being Content Pros, and we are gonna talk all next season about strategic content with the lens of how we create great experiences, how we bring all sorts of amazing forms of content, not just video, but we'll definitely have some amazing perspective on video going forward. So Tyler, welcome to the show. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're joining us as as our new co-host. Hey, Randy. Well, it's uh, absolutely great to be here. I'm thrilled to be a part of uh, Content Pros and, and really looking forward to next season and, and bringing some interesting new angles to, to what the world is talking about with respect to content in, in modern marketing. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to be here and uh, you know happy to chat about my experiences. The, the last three years that I've been here at Vidyard have been, um, I'd say, you know, life-changing for me personally. But from a, a business perspective, I've really gained an incredible appreciation for the power of not only content in general, but the power of visual content, the power of immersive content programs. And it's been it's been really inspiring, both my own team as well as all the different marketers we work with to see what people are doing these days to really stand out in the world. Um, and that's one topic I'm really passionate about and I hope to bring to the show is, is how do we think about content in this new world where attention spans are shorter than ever. People are bombarded with hundreds of messages every day. And it's all about how we stand out, right? How do we build human personal connections with people? And and how do we do so in a way that really wants them to do business with us as a company, but more importantly, as people? Um, And that's one of the things I'm really passionate about is using content to expose your personality, to expose your culture, and to connect with people on a more human level. So really excited to dig into that as part of this and uh, pull back those stories, both of of how we do it here uh, at Vidyard, as well as how uh, different marketers out there are are thinking that way and, and really bringing it to life. 
Well, I, I love, as you said, how you do it there, how you do it at Vidyard. And, and to be honest, I mean, we often look at some of the great content, the great marketing campaigns that you're running here in, in my day job at Uberflip. And sometimes we've got a little bit of envy. I mean, I mean, you guys go not just with video, you go so many different formats. And I think even just your commitment to join on this podcast shows that you, you see the importance of a variety of different formats of content to engage with people, as you said, and to hit them on all these channels. Maybe you can talk about how that team that you've built there, because you've been there for a while now, as you said, over three years, how that's evolved over time and how you've been able to manage growth of, of the Vidyard team as a whole. Yeah, it's been uh, it has been an interesting three years, and and our team overall, just to, to put it into perspective for people, uh, our marketing team is about twenty folks in total. So we're uh, we're about two hundred people as a company. So it's it's a relatively high percentage of folks in marketing compared to the overall organization. And you know, I'm I'm blessed with the opportunity to be at a company that that believes in a marketing first approach, and the the uh, importance and potential of marketing to help drive the business right as as much as sales and as much as product. So, we've um, you know we've really focused on building in-house talent. So, uh, you know, twenty is actually a lot of people, but half of that is our creative team, and, and we've thought about building out our creative and our content team as a core pillar asset of the company. When we think about the value of Vidyard, if somebody were to come in and you know say, hey, I want to acquire you, I want to partner with you, um, we would actually put our content and creative team as part of that value of the company and, and what we've built. And it's something that from day one, we you know myself and our CEO talked about. And so we've built great in-house talent. We've got three content marketers, we've got three designers, we've got two web designers, um, but as we also have uh, three uh, video producers in-house. And having a team like that that can work in a collaborative fashion in a very creative way um, goes so far. You know, I, I came from a world where we were highly dependent on agencies and every time we wanted to do something out of the norm, right, we wanted to create an interactive experience, we wanted to create a video, we wanted to do something thing that had a lot of design work to it. We were always thinking about, ah, is it worth the time and the money to go to the agency and, and you know, how do we really pull this off? Um, but having a team like that internally now uh, is, is, is frankly game-changing. And uh, it's something where we don't actually, you know, challenge, oh, should we do this or is it going to be worth it? We get everybody together and we go, let's do something really interesting. Um, and having a team that's in that mentality of, of wanting to constantly produce new ideas, new things that we can be proud of um, is, is a very different mindset and a very different culture. And, and it's something that I've come to appreciate as well is it's not just about having the right talent and, and having the right um, ideas. It's about creating a, a culture of, of creation, um, uh, creating a culture of wanting to test and experiment and having the right dynamics in the team where, where people, again, are encouraged to be to be thinking like a creative organization and, and uh, not be, you know, really put under pressure to, uh, to do the first idea, but to think about it and let's let's be creative and, and do the best idea. Um, so I think organizationally that that's one important thing we've done. And outside of that team, we have a, a demand gen organization, a product marketing team, field marketing, PR, the, the typical things you would expect. Um, but I am, I think, most proud of what we've done as part of that creative team overall and, and having those folks in-house to, to really execute on these ideas. 
I, I absolutely love that idea of, of building the equity of what Vidyard is to include that creative element. And, you know, that, that that's part of the value of the business. And I think too often we think strictly about the revenue of the company or the customer profile. But as you said, it's it's what does the company stand for and what opportunity does that pave for the future ahead? So I absolutely love that. You know, one of the other things you hit on there that, that I find intriguing is this idea of, you know, 20 of your 200 people are in marketing. And that, that is a large percentage, right? I mean, that's that's a big part of the team. And one of the things that I think would be cool, Tyler, for the two of us in, in the upcoming season of Content Pros to do is to even make you know this podcast more interactive, which sounds crazy. I mean, how do you make a podcast interactive with our audience? But you know, I'm curious of the people listening to this podcast. And you can you can reply on on a channel like Twitter or LinkedIn and and tag Tyler or I with the hashtag content pros. Let us know what percentage of your team in your organization is marketing. And and it's interesting to see how people are hitting on your other point, balancing that approach of leveraging agencies versus bringing content in-house. And and I'm wondering, you know, what your perspective is on the customers you work with, especially when it comes to video production. How often is that being done in-house these days versus externally? Yeah, it's definitely a, a growing trend that we're seeing, and it's not just because I'm I'm biased with respect to my role in the industry, but it it, it genuinely is happening. And, and, I, and I test these ideas with with friends and peers in the market as, as well as with our customers. And you know, we're absolutely seeing more and more content production and, and particularly video production, you know, coming in house in organizations. So it's been exciting to see you know a lot more people with journalism backgrounds coming in house into content marketing roles. Um, you know, seeing writers and and folks from a traditional writing background coming in to do these things. Um, but yeah, we are seeing it follow suit with video now. And there is a recognition that, um, you know, having the ability to create and publish video content, no different from how you create and publish a blog post, um, is is becoming important for businesses and, and will be critical over the next few years. Um, but what's kind of happening alongside that, and, and the reason that we're seeing it be successful, is that, well, A, there's this younger generation of folks who have grown up on this, right? They're they're creating videos and, and publishing them on YouTube. They're sharing videos every day on, on Snapchat and other channels. And they recognize that not every video has to be a big Hollywood production, right? It's just as good to say, hey, let's we've got a great idea here. Let's get somebody on camera in front of a whiteboard talking about this as a as a way to to explore or or peel back a how-to topic. Or, you know, let's uh, let's do a quick motion graphic video. And, and the team here, I've got, you know, I mentioned I, we have three folks and what they can do in, in a matter of a couple of days uh, still blows my mind. And, and it's really incredible to see. So I think that the, the accessibility of video is now there. And um, the, the people who can really uh, churn amazing content out quickly um, are, are out there. And the, you know, the cost for this is, is not nearly what it was. And, and also, of course, production equipment and those things have all come down. So it's, it's definitely happening. And more and more companies we're working with are bringing in-house production talent uh, to the table. And it's helping them go from you know, delivering one or two videos a month to one or two videos a week. And it's, so, it really is changing their perspective. So just to jump in there, like I'm curious, as you talk about this idea that people are bringing this talent in-house and, and they, you know, we can maybe talk about ROI in a bit, but what about the people who listening to this podcast just aren't at that point of being able to convince their boss or mm-hmm. just don't have budget coming up this year? 
but want to start you know, doing that video, who is the most often person that you see in that team and how do you find that person who wants to step up and give them that creative uh, freedom and what type of tools are people using, like you said, in, in this hacky form to do that? And then maybe we can then progress into the more elaborate approach. Yeah, you're totally right. And I think the the one important point there is that not only are people bringing video, you know, production folks in house, but they're just bringing video in house in general. And and to your point, it's not always a dedicated producer or creative director. Uh, so again, a lot of the folks we work with, it's their social media lead who again as part of social they tend to have an affinity for um, you know content and, and video specifically uh, it might be somebody in product marketing you know who's done uh, you know they do screen captures or they do you know uh, desktop recordings for new product launches things like that where they just have enough familiarity with the tools that they can start to, to spin out things quickly so we absolutely see it a variety of folks in marketing organizations that uh, are able to uh, hear these things come up uh, pretty 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 quickly. Um, so I think it's, you know, start in social, look at folks on, um, you know, the product marketing side, look at folks in, uh, you know, marketing generalists and just start to, you know, ask them to, hey, start recording some content and do it. Um, and in terms of the tools they're using, it may be um, their uh, own smartphones. It may be a dedicated camera that they're using. Uh, it may be desktop uh, tools, right? They're simple tools to record webcam videos and, and again, screen captures that are being effective for these kinds of things. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think you made a really good point earlier that just this reality of, of the new age of how content's being shared by user-generated content is... Yeah, you know, it's leveling us up to be able to to be more hacky, to get something out in a less polished version. Not to say that there is an opportunity for that more polished asset. Um, you know, what about going that more polished road? At, at what point do you work with a company, or do you say internally that we're going to do this in-house versus we're going to actually bring in an agency, or we're going to bring in you know some external talent to create that that video? Is is there a you know type of video that you say, or is there a placement on the website or into a campaign where you kind of draw that line internally on on your team at Vidyard? Yeah, much of that does come down to, you know, what is the, the goal of the video, of course, and, uh, you know, what's the style of the campaign? Um, there's, you know, is it going on the website, you know, permanently, or is it part of something, uh, you know, more, um, you know, less time bound, say, as in a blog post or in a campaign. So we think about all of those kinds of ideas. And, and you, you know, you got to be smart about where do you need that polish and that and that uh, high end production. But the way we, we would typically look at it is if it's something that is going to be part of you know a major online brand component so it's your homepage video it might be your kind of you know your lead explainer videos on your websites and then there are things that are gonna you know really be top of funnel that are gonna show you know somebody that, that you're a leader in a category um, you know we tend to look at higher production value and um, the ability to, to work with an agency or something like that at, at that level um, as well we tend to look at you know some of the bigger campaigns we're doing throughout the year where we're putting you know a much bigger investment in the overall program 
program, we expect a bigger return. Um, but we also want to, you know, deliver content that we know is, is going to be spot on and we want to take the time. Because one of the other things that agencies actually, you know, do bring to the table is not just the production, um, but they can also be really great at helping you uh, with scripting, right? And just with storyboarding and coming up with the ideas for things that are really going to work. Um, so again, where we're really sensitive to, you know, hey, this is a big campaign. This is our big one for the quarter. We want a really killer, you know, asset for this. Uh, you know, we'll look to work with a partner who can bring both the creative angle and the production angle. Um, but again, for those other use cases, you know, we're producing, you know, campaigns on the fly all the time where we're using our in-house talent to create quick videos to go along with those. The video may not even be the hero of the program, um, but it's something that supports the, uh, the execution of the campaign or the promotion and, and something we'll do in-house. Hey, Zoe. Hey, Kelly. Do you know what I love? Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah, him, but also Netflix and how it always shows me what I'll love, a.k.a. all the murder mysteries. Ooh, or documentaries about puppies. I wish there was a way to do that with B2B content. Well, hold on to your pants. So, you know, Uberflip, it lets you create a better content journey for your readers. So, I can let my readers binge my content while my sales team also sends it out to prospects? You sure can. Amazing. How do I get it? Just head over to uberflip.com and request a demo. So, so I know how important partners are to you at Vidyard and, you know, so I'm not going to put you on the spot to call one out who you like to work with. I'll give the option to like call out one to three, but you know, for people who are going to walk away from this podcast and say, you know what, we really need to step up. We need to bring someone in to help us to create that amazing top of the funnel video. Who are some of the, the groups that you love to work with in your past? Well, um, first I'll answer that in a, a generic sense, and I'll give you a, a couple of specifics. So from a generic standpoint, what I recommend uh, to companies is to, to have relationships with, with three types of, of production partners. One is uh, an independent, right? So a, a freelance uh, video producer who can help you with one-off projects. And they can often be you know, less expensive, uh, more accessible, and, and somebody who's typically local uh, who can come in and help you on the fly as needed with projects. Number two is a, um, a, a creative network. And so there's a lot of great services out there now that are delivering, um, you know, access to producers in, you know, different regions at around the world um, at very low cost. And, uh, you know, Studio Now is a great example and, and Notch Video and, and, and there are some others. Um, and then there are dedicated agencies and, and production agencies who uh, are, are, you know, ones you would typically go to for those higher end productions and, and have really dedicated, you know, equipment and, and so on. And uh, so we work with, you know, a number of those agencies, but here uh, we, we try to stay local when we can because there's the value of that face-to-face uh, -face interaction. Uh, we work with Arc Media here in in our hometown. We work with Media One uh, Creative in Toronto. Uh, we work with Rockbridge Media in San Francisco, and and there are lots of different options out there. But uh, ultimately, when you're looking at an agency or a partner, you both want to make sure that they have the functional capabilities to deliver great content, but also a good culture fit with your company and the styles of video that you like to produce. Um, and that's the one tip I would give you there as, as you're looking at partners is make sure that they can align to your, t your tone and your brand. You know, we have a fun kind of very personal tone. And so we look for agencies that we, we believe can, can create content that really brings that out. And, and I've, you know, I've used agencies that, that aren't able to get there. Um, and, and so we've moved on. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I actually like that, that mindset. I, I think We've often had maybe the, the two buckets on the on the two sides, but that, that one in the middle is actually interesting in terms of that network that's out there. So love to, to discover more about that as, as we go into the next season together. So let's let's jump a bit though. And you know, one of the things that 
I think both Vidyard talks a lot about, as well as Uberflip, where, where my day job when I'm not podcasting, um, is this idea of owning content and you know owning that destination, creating a more engaging, ongoing connection with that audience. So let's go into this great debate as to where your videos should live. You know, should they live on YouTube or Vimeo or whatever channel you like these days? Or should you own them more on your own website in different ways? And maybe you can, you know, without just jumping to the answer there, maybe you can help educate people where this debate's coming from these days in the world that you guys play. Yeah, I think a lot of the debate uh, really just stems from where we've we've come from, right? The the, the traditional approach uh, for for businesses was if you're creating a video asset to you know just stand alone as a promotional piece or to be a part of of, of some other campaign or or program, the default was we'll upload it to YouTube as a place to host that video because it's it's free and it's easy. And we would then, um, you know, potentially also link to that video um, using an embed code on our website or our landing page or the different place that that video would would be embedded. And so the video would, would kind of live in both places. It would be on your YouTube channel, but it would also be on your website. Uh, but the version embedded on your website is basically just that YouTube version, you know, streaming over. And, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, uh, that that's a good start to what you're doing. And obviously it's it's nice that it's free and, and very simple uh, to manage as an organization. But one of the, the challenges now we're facing is as video is becoming a more integrated part of these different programs that we're doing, right? It's not a one-off, you know, kind of brand thing. It's now we, we're doing, you know, customer stories on video. We're doing product demos and explainers. And it's just becoming another piece of our content toolkit for the programs we're running. And, uh, you know, using YouTube as a way to, to host the videos that are going to play back on your own landing pages and your own websites uh, comes with a number of, of challenges. Um, so, you know, simple things like, well, at the end of the video, is YouTube going to recommend, you know, one of your competitors' videos? And, and you, you sort of lack that brand control over what that playback experience looks like. Um, but you're also missing a lot of the, the potential capabilities of, of what you get with video. So, you know, for example, you know, can you understand when somebody's watching that video, just like you might track if they interact with or download a, a PDF from your website. So if they come to watch that customer story video, you know, do you know who watched it and, and how long they engaged, right? YouTube's not going to give you that. You're just going to know there's another tick on the view counter. So there's a number of things that as we evolve as, as content marketers, we're being thoughtful about as, as video becomes a more integrated part of what we do. Um, and so that's where, you know, new, more premium video platforms are coming into play that align with how, you know, traditional B2B marketers really work. And so it's the notion of being able to, you know, host and distribute those videos in a way um, on your website that you can brand the experience, that you can create interactive content that, you know, may ask them questions or have calls to action to do something next, uh, but also in a way that enables you to track and know, okay, who's actually watching what content and, and using that data back as, uh, as part of your organization. Um, so that's what we're starting to see as, as a trend. I'd say, you know, YouTube is still very important as a distribution channel. So we encourage everybody to, to still post their videos to YouTube because people may find you there. Uh, but for the when you're posting those videos on your own sites and your own campaigns, that's where using a, a video platform makes a lot more sense because of the incremental value you can get. 
So Tyler, I fully agree on that. I mean, in, in the upcoming season when we're working together on this podcast, we're not always going to agree, but this is one that we're definitely on the same page on. This idea of owning the journey and ensuring that you take people from one piece of content to the next, almost in this Netflix style that we've come to expect in our day-to-day lives. So 100% with you on that one. I, I'm going to ask you the same question that we did earlier in terms of ownership when we were talking about who's creating video videos, who does this, but now on whose job is it in an organization today to infuse videos through our marketing campaigns, our websites, how does that get owned in today's day of age? Because it's not, as you said, just posting it to YouTube anymore. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great question and a, and a tough one, to be honest. And I don't see consistency from organization to organization yet. Um, you know, one answer could be you have to have somebody internally who's responsible for your video strategy overall. And, and that person understands the, the technology and, and they make sure that, um, you know, video is being used properly in different campaigns. But the camp I tend to lean towards, which I see more frequently, is that uh, we just need to you know, teach our teams to be thinking about the use of video throughout our different campaigns. And it shouldn't be an afterthought, right? It's like, if I am, you know, thinking about a new campaign or a new content, there should always be, you know, a checkbox that you are disciplined to think about of, are we going to include video or not? And if so, what's the role of it? Kind of how could it complement this campaign or, or how could it be a, a you know, a, a key part of it? Um, so we just got to really teach our teams to be thinking about it, not as an afterthought, but as, you know, a part of how we create content. And it's, uh, it is it is a big step to go towards to, to make that happen. From a technology perspective, what we're seeing is, is those folks who do run uh, the core marketing tech stack. So if you're using a marketing automation system, if you're using CRM, if you're using a content platform, um, it's the same folks who have to be thinking about the, the, the video technology. And, and again, do you have a platform to be able to host and manage that content to be able to track analytics and, and get the data you need from it and, and customize the content? Um, so I think we just need to think about it as a part of what we do as marketers and not try to think about it as something special that's you know we only do once or twice a year with a dedicated person yeah i couldn't agree more i I think it's you know one of the things that i often do on a big whiteboard is i'll draw an a on the far left a b on the far right a line in between as in we have to get from a to b and think about not just content marketing but all the different pieces of how we engage someone through that journey of a to b right it's it's the it's the different opportunities we have today and that that ends up looking at everything from that you know first engagement with us either on our website or on you know another site all the way through to sales which you know, I know is another area you've got a lot of value to add in terms of what you do at Vidyard and something that again we'll, we'll hopefully get to talk more about in this upcoming season together as we bring guests onto the show talking about you know how marketing and sales has started to have to work together and bring video in there as well. Um, before you know, before we go too deep though into everything that you can add value on around here, you know, people are going to start tuning in to listen to you and and me, of course, on a weekly basis through this podcast. So I think it's important that people get to know a little bit more about you. So we'll, we'll start off with some just you know very quick lightning questions. Get to know you. You know, I'll try not to embarrass you too much. We'll start off with some light ones. You know, no, number one, where in the world do you live? So I am based in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada, uh, about an hour outside of Toronto. 
Gotcha. All right. And, and, you know, kids, you know, what's, what's the weekend look like? You know, are you, are you busy watching videos all weekend or, or do you have other things keeping you busy? <laughs> I wish. Um, so yeah, what keeps me busy? I have four kids under 10, uh, so they're nine, seven, four and one. And, uh, I absolutely love it. And it's a, it's a big part of my life. And so, uh, outside of work, I try to spend as much time as I can with them, uh, you know, learning, having fun and, uh, uh, you know, really just, just progressing. It's amazing to watch kids these days. Days and uh, uh, you know, I just try to keep them off the tablets as much as I can. To be honest, <laughs> that's that's so fair. Yeah, and and for the record, you're not allowed to talk to my wife because I've got I'm very happy with my three. Yeah, sometimes there's conversation about a fourth, and I, I'm sure it's good. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll keep you guys separate. Um, so you know, getting to know you a little bit more career progression wise. So we we know what you're doing at Vidyard now. Walk us through maybe just one or two other influential stops along the way. Yeah. So I actually started my career as an engineer. I'm uh, an engineering graduate and uh, started on the the actual software development side of the house. And I spent uh, my first ten years as a grown up at uh, BlackBerry, uh, which was a, a phenomenal experience. It was from 2001 till 2011, and it was you know many years of, of hyper growth and, and hyper globalization, which was which was very exciting. Um, so really uh, a, a very impactful um, you know number of years on on my life personally but from a career perspective it gave me the opportunity to do a lot of different things and I started off on the software side moved more and more into community development and, and evangelism as I found I enjoyed more talking to people than than writing code and uh, and and slowly kind of progressed through into product marketing and partnerships and uh, you know I got a chance to learn a lot of different things and see a lo- how a lot of different groups function within an organization like that and uh, I'll, I'll leave it to later to talk about why I ended up in marketing, uh, but the good news is I'm, I'm happier now in marketing than I than I ever have been. Fair enough. So, so I've got a, an awkward question for you. You're going to alienate someone here, perhaps. But <laughs> what is the best team building event when you're out with engineers, and what's the best team building event when you're out with marketers, and how do they differ? Oh, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I hate to use the the obvious cliched one, but everybody loves bowling and everybody sucks at bowling. And so it's actually a really fun way to get people out into an environment where they have to let their guard down and, and just have fun and, and, and be real. Um, you know, the one other thing that I've done um, with, with marketing, and I also did it with sales teams, was, um, you know, we spent an afternoon uh, doing improv training. And that was probably the best uh, team building exercise as part of an offsite that I've ever done. Uh, because when you're in improv training, it's teaching you not only kind of the power of, of, of communication and, and how to work with other people, uh, but it, again, really lets your guard down and, um, you know, exposes people uh, and, and forces them to, to, to be really fun and human. And I think that's the most important thing. And honestly, whether it's engineers, marketers, sales teams, the most important thing there are doing things that just force people to let their guard down, be human and, uh, and, and connect with people. And, and that's, those are the things that I love to do. I love that. And I love that point about improv. It's funny. We, we actually give a grant to every one of our employees. So every year they're able to spend $1,000 on courses that will help them professionally develop. And one of the salespeople took an improv class. And at first we saw the, the expense reimbursement right. form and we were like, ah, we, 
is this all about? And, yeah. and you know, but, but they had a really good reason. They said it's about being more comfortable, being more comfortable, put yourself out there. So I couldn't agree more about, yeah. about that, that type of, of bonding experience. All right, we're going to leave you with the, the toughest question, maybe, you know, given some of the loyalties that you've had to have as, as a Canadian, you know, first and foremost, but uh, as someone who was at BlackBerry through all that growth, are, what does your, your smartphone look like today? Well, I'm uh, I'm an iPhone user today, um, and I, I value simplicity. And so, being kind of a Mac iPhone combo user, uh, it just works. It's just simple, and uh, it does everything that I need to do. Uh, I love my legacy of of my life at BlackBerry and and things that we did there. But uh, you know, but 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 time has moved on, and I think I just you know I need things that are going to keep me moving quickly and uh, and and simply. And I, I just value that simplicity. And, and Apple's done a nice job of that. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I caved to at some point. I mean, we, we had those loyalties and it was, it was funny. I was looking, looking up some dirt on you. Like I always do people who listen to this. Now I like to sometimes find people's first tweet and you know, yours was actually interesting. It was, it was all about the idea that no one can hack a Blackberry, right. right. And, and tied to privacy. This was back in 2010, you know, but I think it's, it's one of these perfect realities of, of almost the innovators dilemma of how other solutions catch up in time and you know I, I that's i think one of the things i'm most excited about going into this new season together of, of us bringing on a lot of thought leaders onto content pros who are changing the norm changing the way we think about things and it's happened so quickly and i'm hoping that what we can do together is bring people onto this podcast who can challenge the way that everyone who's listening in approaches their day-to-day whether it's you know professionally personally and how content can play an impact on keeping us on the forefront. So, you know, Tyler, thank you so much for, for coming on today. Thank you for the commitment that you've shown personally that video is going to show towards, you know, everything going on in the content space. And I encourage everyone to, to tune in next week as the new uh, new season starts, the two of us together welcoming on our first guests. Uh, this has been a great podcast. As everyone knows, we are part of the Convince and Convert family of podcasts. So there's a whole bunch of great podcast material coming out. Uh, there's one called Business of Story. There's Social pros with Jay Bear. There's a whole bunch more that you can check out at the Convince and Convert website. You can also find all the podcasts that we've done over the uh, over previous seasons at contentprospodcast.com. Uh, of course, we're everywhere the podcast can be found from uh, Stitcher to iTunes, Google Play. And when you're there, leave us feedback. Let us know what we can do better going into this new season together. Until then, Tyler, thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you all and content pros. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince & Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com. 